Welcome everyone. Once again, we are excited to have our very good friend, Kevin Jenkins as our guest. And of course, we're excited that you can be with us, uh, all of you there listening, uh, viewing and supporting us. And we'll make the best of your time because it uh, every moment is very special and precious. So um, for those of you who don't know Kevin, Kevin has been in this realm of public speaking and transformational executive for over a decade already. And he, he was the leading charge for uh, Urban Global Health Alliance and a co-founder also of the, um, the Freedom Travel Alliance. And of course, currently he is in charge of the Z Freedom Foundation. So um, you could always reach out to him because, and then when you see him for, because he's be, he's he's around, he attends events, he local and global events hosted in United States. He has traveled around many states to listen to talk to people. So and he did all this traveling not because he was running for a political position, but because he cares because in everything that he does it's with alignment for the god source that is in us so um kevin thank you and go ahead and update us with any more that you're currently doing i know right thank you um it's good to see you again grace i saw you were in philadelphia yesterday oh not not in philadelphia the 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 chd bus came oh. to princeton a to um, New Jersey area, yeah, New Jersey I'm, area, yeah, I'm and Jersey it's at myself. that church, Gateway Church, and that Gateway Church, uh, Kevin, they've been really, for me, they've been leading the charge of uh, medical freedom in New Jersey, so that's where they are, but today they're in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the okay, right. mm -hmm. yeah, I'm in New Jersey myself this these last couple of days. You know, I'm so I've been here visiting my mom and my family. I don't get up here often, but I'm up here. I thought I was going to leave early, but I had I made obligations I couldn't get out of. So I'm very serious about my obligations. But I mean, as far as wellness is concerned, as far as owning your own health, I see a really great sea change happening in the country now. People are asking more questions. People are even open to a discussion about what wellness looks like for the future. I think families and individuals around the country are really trying to source themselves and source their health on their own by learning all of the uniqueness about what the body is, how to take care of the body, how to move out of sick care to well care, understanding the shortcomings of pharma industry and the medical industry. And I think there's a great movement happening. I've been telling friends that we need a wellness revolution in this country. And I think it's important that as individuals, we start to take our health seriously. But, you know, being unhealthy has an economic consequence, has a social um, um, consequence, has a spiritual consequence. And I think it's important that people after these three years start to understand that body sovereignty and informed consent is just one part of it. But having a deeper understanding of protecting God's grand design is the most important thing. So I think in the last couple of years, it's given us the opportunity to have a bigger conversation about what health looks like to us in this country. And then taking ownership of that health, that's even more critical. You know, what does it mean to be an owner of one's health, one's body, one's spirit, one's, one's mind? And I think that's the movement um, of the next part of this fight. Because if we can capture that, the industry will die. 
if we stop funding the industry by, by using allowing them to use our bodies and commoditize off our bodies, that industry will crumble. On the public policy side, we still have a lot of work to do. Parents are under siege right now, like we've never seen before. Communities are still fighting against the legislation that's trying to strip them of their civil rights and human rights. And we still need to understand that we need to be back in the public square fighting for what's right. I mean, we, I mean, there's always a political solution, but there's no solution bigger, bigger than a human solution. You know, so we have to understand that we have to have balance there and no one's going to come and rescue you. No one's going to come and save you. No one's going to come and heal you. You have to heal yourself by capturing that moment, capturing that truth and getting a deeper understanding of what wellness looks like. Not preventive care, but wellness. And I think that's what the message should be in the next couple of years, moving us in that direction. And I think when you do that, you'll see a freer individual. You'll see a happier individual. You'll see someone that's willing to fight for their body sovereignty. You know, to continue to keep stating that these things, these things are happening without a broader, bigger strategy, a bolder strategy, well, we do ourselves a disservice. So um, that's where I'm at right now. My mission is to build institutions and work with institutions and build corporate structures that allow us to be able to communicate and allow us to get people to trust us and come up with the real nutrient class of products and things that are going to help the underserved communities in this country, because that's where the sickest people live. You know, you talk about environmental injustice. That's where all environmental injustice occurs. If you're talking about a lack of body sovereignty, they have turned their bodies over to big pharma and turned their bodies over to an industry that's hell bent on killing them or hell bent on keeping them sick because that's how they make their money. So COVID was a horror for us and it's still a horror because a lot of that legislation is still being pushed. A lot of these um, organizations are still captured. I mean, and we have to understand that they're still operationalizing their vision for us. You know, and we have to get back to business. I think we got our heads up in the sky and we're looking for gods and angels to come and rescue us. God is in you. You know, your God consciousness is only there for you to tap so you can find your inner, inner power to be able to fight these people because they're never going to stop. Never going to stop. Yeah, uh, I'm with you with that, Kevin. And that's why for me, the way I look at this episode and that's why I wanted you to come because every time I see you, and this is very true also with Carl. Every time I talk to Carl and I see Kevin in person, and someday I'll meet Carl in person. And it's like we always talk about our, our health. And although we are not in the, let's say we're not doctors, medical doctors, but for me, being healthy and being well, you don't need those advanced degrees you really just have to make sure that you own it first. And that's why when I ask Kevin, what, what would be our title? Own, 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 your, own your health. Because if you own it, you'll do everything to protect it. So Kevin, and, and it, look at what's happening. We're in the precipice of the World War III. We're in this, we're in that. So what is our best ammunition? Well, I, I think what you're seeing, I think what you're seeing on mainstream media is an absolute distraction. I call it maximum sophisticated confusion. And, you know, they know us so well. They know our triggers. So now we're, you know, we're in, uh, we're in, we're going to be a, a war in a war state for the next 90 to 100 days moving into the election. And that's taking us off our true mission, which is about building an infrastructure around wellness, building a deeper understanding on how to heal the body, 
de developing a bigger plan to connect to the universe because that's where it all starts. I, I mean, I could go around talking about so many different things, but I stopped because until you find that inner power to understand the 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 in, the, the the crisis that we're in, we will never get better better as a group of people. We just never will. It's like this, this cycling of tyranny, the cycling of the same language, the cycling of the same institutions that have been captured since I've been born. I'm 60 years old. All of those institutions have been captured from the time I was born and probably longer than that. The military industrial complex, you know, the 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 tech industry. Now, that's like in the last 50 years, I mean, 30 to 40 years. But just think about it. All of those agencies have been working every day stripping us of our human rights and stripping us of our voice. And they're going to continue to do that. So until you find balance in that, and until you understand at the community level, that's where the work and the re-education needs to happen. I heard Hillary Clinton said, I, I just couldn't believe it when she said that we needed to be deprogrammed because we don't subscribe to her tyranny. We, doesn't, we don't subscribe to her fascism. We don't subscribe to her ideology of stripping us and censoring us and telling us that we don't have the right to make decisions for our personal lives. The government does. I mean, it's very interesting how these people are still using the same language. They're not even cloaking it that they were using three years ago. And we are now still looking for a political solution. I think we all have to be a part of politics. I think what Bobby Kennedy is doing is incredibly important. But it's got to be empowered by uh, uh, it has to be empowered by a group of people. Right. That understand that this is just not a fight about politics. This is a fight about survival of our race. Race as a, a group of um, human beings. That's what this really is about. And, and I don't know how you can get that to people. And you can start with your health, because if you start with your health, that means you can discipline yourself, discipline your mind, understand what God, God's grand design was. So I think what Bobby is doing is, is incredible. And I think what all of the mama bears were doing 20 and 30 years ago was incredible. And all of the doctors and all of the new people that are emerging in this fight. But we have to keep we have to, you know, stay strategic and stay smart because we can't take the eye off of what happened three years ago. They are coming back for more. They know how we are. They know what our triggers are. They know they can engage us in maximum sophisticated confusion. And we'll miss the mark again. And if we miss the mark this time, our kids, our children will be permanent slaves because this is all a modern day um, slavery um, a system that we've created in this country again. They were talking about apartheid. I was talking about apartheid um, with some of my friends yesterday. And if you look at what's happening in Africa right now, there's an emergence of a different kind of thinking about the importance of what Africa is to the world. If you look at our urban marketplaces now, they're saying, listen, they're pushing back against the party that they voted 95% of the time for. You know, I don't want to move our people into another burning building, as Martin Luther King said, by giving them some concept that this pie in the sky resolution or this political resolution or some political resolution is going to solve their problems. That is never going to happen. The system is too corrupt. Unless you burn that system down, unless you start a, a new system that is built on certain values, faith, family and freedom, it, it will never work. We'll be here again in a 50 years later. You know, 50 years later, we'll be here again saying the same thing because we always take our eyes off the prize. And I've been trained by a lot of the people that we're fighting. I know how they think. I know how they think. And they're like, oh, they'll they'll protest. They'll do this. They'll stand up. They'll keep the message right where it needs to be while we go back out there and we continue to destroy their lives. This whole trans movement, you know, this LGBTQ movement. I think every parent has the, every person has the right to make a decision when they're adults about 
what they want to be and who they need, who they want to be with. But when they start grooming our children, that's all about health. When they start having an impact on our mental health, when they start having an impact on our body sovereignty, I think that's a serious issue. That's where the war is to me. That's where the real war is. And there's a civil war going in this country. Maybe it's conscious or unconscious, but I think people are starting to ask some really critical questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you 100%. It seemed for me, I, I see, <clears throat> as you were talking there, I was thinking that um, in past history, the invaders would come and try to take over the land. Now it seems to be they're trying to take over our bodies and then our minds. And the ultimate goal is to take over our soul. Um, but this can all go away, I sort of feel, as if we are reminded that we have to take responsibility to bring it back to ourselves. Um, everything seems to be a distraction. Um, and the way we've been educated or the way we've been brought up is to become dependent on things, on the government, on the father figure, the mother figure. And uh, this is why we can be taken advantage of so easily and we're getting dumbed down and our innate capacity uh of who we are spiritual beings that's that's what i feel is being attacked and just to talk about it is in terms of politics uh that's another distraction as you say kevin well so, yeah i'm watching this all over again four years ago um, you know, we were all looking for um, someone to save us. And I think, you know, I, I, I was very pleased with what Donald Trump was doing at the time when he was in office. And I wasn't a supporter at first. I really wasn't. I, I really didn't know how he was going to govern. But when we saw the establishment attacking him the way that they were, we knew something was good about that. I say they're attacking this guy who comes from the establishment, even though he was always a disruptor in establishment. We had to pay more attention to what he was talking about. And, you know, I, you know, same thing with Bobby's doing, stepping in in the middle of the, the action and saying, listen, we need to have a bigger conversation in this country. And we need to stand up against, you know, these parties that believe these union parties that believe that they can control our body sovereignty and even control our faith or even write, rewrite the DNA of someone's faith. So. I've had the, the privileges of working in, in government and working with both parties and both parties right now don't represent America. They represent the globalist establishment. So I always ask people, um, who do you who it's, it's, it's not it's not two parties in this country. You know, it's two it's two parties in this country. I got to get it right. It's two parties in this country. There's a globalist party and there's America first party. Now, some people would say, oh, that sounds like, you know, Kevin's a, a right winger. I am. A right winger in a sense like i am right on the fact that we need to fight for our body sovereignty i am right about the fact that we need to fight for informed consent i am right that we need to fight against people that are uncensoring us i am right when agencies that we fund agencies that the government that we fund and elect turn against us and we need to always write that ship so i never run away from those kinds of things i am anti you know vaccine I am anti anything that tells me that I have to take an experimental biologic that has not been tested or I have to take it. Um, I'm anti anything that tells me they have to mandatory make something mandatory or force me to do something I don't want to do as a human being and as an American. I am anti all of that. I am anti fascism. I am anti communism. I am anti capitalism if it's going to stay in the form that is in right now. And I'm an entrepreneur, so I don't ever run away from those things. You know, I tell people, yes, you're absolutely right. Now, I, I think uh, two years ago, I was called a white supremacist. So I, it's, it's, it's all psychological warfare. 
And we have to understand we shouldn't be running away from something that we know to be true, that we know is a fact. And I hear a lot of people trying to run away from that. Well, I'm not anti that. Yeah, if you've seen the damage in my community, I'm anti-GMOs. I'm anti-processed foods. I'm anti the food industry that continues to think that they can poison this community and poison other communities around the country. So I celebrate that. So I'm anti, you know, what the medical system has done to my community, the black community. Um, I mean, it's, it's it'll blow your mind, you know, what has happened in this community, how we went from, you know, fresh fruits to everybody in my community basically being on dialysis or diabetic or heart disease. Or I can go on and on and on. There's about 75 diseases that we suffer from every day, inflammation, um, you know, autism. I can go on. So I'm saying we need a wellness revolution in this country. And I'm saying that the black community is where it needs to start because that is the most experimental, experimented community outside of the prison industry and outside of the military um, industry, the, um, the military, I think that's where it starts. And that's what my mission in life is going to be in the next five years, to really work on creating an infrastructure where we can bring wellness back into the black community and the rural community and the Native American community, because that's where they make their money. That's how they, that's how they commoditize on our bodies. That's how they keep us as pharmaceutical slaves. Every person I know in Newark, New Jersey, that's above 60s on five medications, Grace. And then they're wondering why they have all of these symptoms, heart disease, kidney disease. I lost my brother in April to this crime. I call it the greatest crime against humanity ever. So for me, that's the mission. We have to have a real on the ground um, uh, plan of action. I think that will keep us focused on what these three years was really, really all about. You know, and, and I'm just proud to see that people are standing up and not looking for something, you know, to fall out of the sky or looking for some sort of policy to free them of their bondage. The only way you're going to get rid of that is when we stand in the public square and we tear it down. You have to tear it down. There is no compromising with any of this. It's too it's it, it's a virus. It's a virus. So every time I look at a small child, I can look in their eyes and say, if we don't do a better job of articulating why we all need to fight you know, together to beat the tyranny of our time, like Malcolm and Martin and so many other great Americans and people that stood up against the tyranny of their time, there would be nothing left. There would be nothing left. So, you know, if you want to talk about social credit score, if you want to talk about all of the things that they're putting in place, they're not going to stop because now our, our attention has been diverted from that. You know, we're looking for another solution to the crises. It doesn't work like that. And it's really crucial that we focus on what's going on within our own community. Because, uh, you know, again, it, we could do it. We could look at the whole situation in a macro level, and that's good. We need to see it connected there because everything is connected. But in that micro level is where that... God's source part, that God's source part that really will keep us going. In fact, some people will think that the, the fight is so huge. Yes, it is huge, but you begin, begin, begin somewhere. And in those local communities, and I'm glad you were here, you know, a few days ago, as you said. And that next Saturday, there's another event going on in, in New Jersey called Faith, Freedom, and Family. So they that became like a, a popular power empowering tag. Okay, so um, but what where do you think um, what, what, 
what else do you see when it comes to ownership of certain like nutraceutical companies that because sometimes we can keep on being like a uh, consumer but then we know stuff but we when i say we a lot of people from um they don't have to be again they don't have to be have all those degrees but you know healing from your grassroots and yet we haven't stepped up to own something where do you think you will see the movement going to that ownership well we have to go back to basics i mean you know those things that our grandmothers told us and our elders told us about our health i think it's about educating a community that it is a right to be healthy uh, I think a lot of people don't even understand. It's a right to be healthy. It's a right to have balance. It's a right to praise your God in the way you choose to. It's a right to claim positive energy. It's a right to not to be a victim. It's a right to, you know, so we have to have those conversations. Once that conversation starts in a healthy way and it cross, you know, racial lines, because this is not about race and class, it's about them wanting power and control over us. I think education is primary to everything. So I think that if we can start to educate and start to show that there are several key companies out there, like the Wellness um, Center, like um, what's happening with um, the healing, global healing with Dr. Group, what's happening with Cardio Miracle. I mean, just think of all of these new emerging companies that were not in the market. I mean, think about what Cardio Miracle is doing for our heart health. Look at all of the science that's behind nitric oxide and that product. Look about what the Wellness Center, um, Wellness company is doing right now and creating super, super, you know, nutrients that are going to guide us and give us the pathway or the infrastructure to, to be healthy. Look what Dr. Group is doing by taking these products and really drilling down on the whole balance of what nutrient care is and how that is the key to how we have longevity in our life. And there's other companies that are out there that are emerged um, after um, I call it the COVID um, narrative, the COVID lie. But it has helped us to start looking at what's the difference between these quality products and these products that they've been selling us over, over the counter that's not don't, been doing anything. Just the processing of it. When I was at Dr. Group's um, plant, the processing, the, the way it's done was just masterful how he was thinking about not just healing the body with the nutrients, but creating the balance where those nutrients can really create long-term um health benefits for you and your family and your children and we have to start when our babies are small and teaching them you know we have to teach them from the cradle you know and i think that's important that's that revolution i'm talking about and we have to start being better consumers and we have to start being better listeners and we have to open ourselves to you know the really real theology of wellness as opposed to preventive care and as opposed to all the other language that they use to get to keep us trapped in their system where they can continue to commoditize our bodies. So there's a lot of good positive things that are happening out there, but we have to get back out into those streets and get back into those public squares and start to say, no, we haven't gone away. We don't want these policies in place that strip us of our human rights and our parental rights. No, we don't want to support companies that are indemnified from the poison that they give us and protected by the government. I mean, right then and there, right there is one of the biggest points for me. No, we don't want our money to go to the World Health Organization. No, we don't want our money to go to NIH. No, we don't want our money to go. And see, until you have that conversation and until you force that, they will continue to do business as, um, as usual. And your government is lockstep partners with all of those industries. No, we will not represent companies and use their platforms that censor us. So it's a combination of everything. That's how real change happens. 
Change doesn't happen by having an intellectual conversation about mRNA 24 hours a day. It, it doesn't work that way. That intellectual conversation never moved a dial, but it's important to create that, keep that education going, but we need to expand that back into action um, in the public square. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, what I feel is people don't really have a good definition of what health is. Um, they think it's the absence of illness, which mm. which is really, you know, that's another psychological operation, if you want to think of it that way. <laughs> and, and to get a really good definition of health, uh, then people can start to, that can become a goal. It's not even in their vision now. It's just health is not going to the hospital. Health is not going to the doctor. And it's it, it it's 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 kind of a negative definition. Do you would you do you have a, a good? I mean, you're, I noticed you're using the word wellness uh, as opposed to the health management or, or illness management, as I like to call it. Um, so health wellness. Well, wellness is a combination. Of, yeah. yeah, wellness is a combination of looking at your body, looking at. It's really interesting. So wellness to me is what your state of mind is, right? Where your what your environment is, the food that you eat, the water that you drink, right? Understanding the the power of the body and the mind and the spirit, understanding that it is a right to eat clean food, demand clean food. It's a right to drink clean water. Understanding the importance of it. It's a right to understand and explore natural paths in a way that gives us the ability to heal our bodies. It's a right to do things differently than what we were trained to do. It's a right to say no to all toxic food, all toxic energy. Wellness is a combination of, that's a new pyramid that we have to create of what wellness looks like. You just gave me an idea. I have to do, I have to work on that. But that's very, that's where I'm at with that. So if you look at the present healthcare system right now, right? And you and you look at the damage is done. Well, you know that that's, that doesn't represent complete uh, uh, it doesn't represent anything that will bring value to human life. So wellness is, I mean, when you start talking about that, this industry goes away because you start looking at healing differently. When I was growing up, we didn't eat processed food. When we was growing up, I was eating grass-fed food in my home. When I was growing up, we understood the importance of clean water and education. And we've gotten away from that after, about, I think, about 70s and 80s. I mean, we became complete slaves to the pharmaceutical industry and complete slaves to the medical industry. And we don't know how to break that, that dream spell. But I think it's happening slowly. And I think in these conversations, I think it it's the, the best way to continue to keep um, educating people. But we have to start from the cradle now. We have to go back and grab our children. Look at the food that they're serving you in these schools. Look at the food that they still have on our counters in the supermarket. You know, I have people tell me all the time, Kevin, is so expensive to eat healthy. I'm like, what? That, that's not that's not true. <laughs> that is yeah. not true. That is not true. I mean, so they even think in their minds. To eat healthy impacts them financially, as opposed to saying, why is that the case? And then going after the people that are responsible for creating this uh, environment where we think eating healthy is expensive. So buying a, a grape that's organic over a grape that's been sprayed with GMO or toxins. Well, we shouldn't have to have those options in this country. We should be able to eat clean. Nothing should be on the shelves that are, is damaging our bodies and our minds and our children. And our children. Not, I mean, why are we even having this discussion? 
So when you start to have a wellness discussion, you have to start thinking real deeply about why we don't understand what wellness is. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> the whole thing, of, you know, one of the things I found it, when I was brought up, it was like I didn't know how to cook or anything like that. And we were sort of taught, and it's quite derogatory, that's more <laughs> of a woman's job or something like that, you know. Um, we, were, we were taught other kind of crap in schools, but things like nutrition, food. Um, and going back to what you're saying about, you know, uh, it costs it costs a lot of money to 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 feed yourself pr properly. It's it's that's not the case. I agree totally. And and like if you buy some you know an unhappy meal um, uh, uh, for the price of that, you could you could buy uh, you know vegetables, rice, whatever good healthy food for cheap. But it's the knowledge of how to use that to create a beautiful meal, and you probably feel four four or five people with the same price. Well, we have an obesity epidemic in the black community, and, and I gotta, I dare say, all around this country. And if you can just like look at that and how it happened in the last twenty years, it's mind-boggling. You know, from birth yeah. control, from you know, um, experimental biologics, from all of those things that we now know is the cause of that. So if you look at my community, every other young man is on high blood pressure medicine. Every young man has been told, oh, your cholesterol level is too high. You need to take this. Every young woman, oh, you know what? Don't worry about this. You don't have to worry about being obese anymore because it's 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 all right to be ill. It's 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 okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, guys. You're talking about a reprogramming. I mean, a real reprogramming. We should start there with people's health and get them to understand that none of those things are good. So every other maybe 30%, 40%, 30 maybe 50, maybe 45% to 65% people, young men and women are on dialysis. How, how is that possible? How is that possible? Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And no, and no one, and even black medical doctors and other doctors, they're not addressing that. You know what, how they address it? Take more medicine. Take more poison. Take more poison. So, I mean, we have a fight on it. That's where the battle is. Now, all of the other things, as, as far as the military industrial complex, that's a fight. You know, what's happening in um, tech industry and censorship. That's, but it's all together. Because yeah. we, started really we started really diving into this when we started learning what the COVID narrative was really all about. So we started looking in, right in the middle of all of it, and it all came down to one thing. It's all in the same wheelhouse, and we have to fight against it. And when, not continue uh, to keep talking about it. And when? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I was just sort of thinking the thing, the things getting so crazy is that we, you know, if you're sick, it's probably, you know, we're starting to think in the way that it's a vaccine deficiency. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's this sort of thing where we're, it's because of the we don't have the right drug. That's why we're sick. Well, um, you know, <laughs> that's funny that's true well you know, you know people always ask me you know why am i involved in so many things well we should all be involved in a thousand things because mm -hmm. you know from you know american frontline doctors what happened there was an american tragedy 
you know, um, why we built those institutions over the last three years, because we need infrastructure. You cannot go out and speak to the world without having a deeper understanding of what that infrastructure looks like. So you can get down to the business of, you know, communicating with people. I think you always need to work through an institutional voice. There's been so many great organizations that have been formed formed over the last several decades, but I see them falling into the same trap that all of the other nonprofits have fallen into. They're now in a business without a mission. You know, once you get to a certain part, you you forget the mission. Now you're a business because you got 42 employees, right? And so what happens is you start worrying about all of the money as opposed to worrying about creating an income stream that's outside or that will create an opportunity for you to continue to educate people. So you're looking for small donors, which I think is absolutely incredible, but it's our responsibility ability as institutional leaders to create infrastructures, business infrastructures that will sustain us. And now, you know, all of the organizations that I, I, I love, I mean, I love them, but they're more focused on getting money to feed their machines. So they're more corporatized now as opposed to being a mission driven. And that always happens. That's a, that naturally happens. But I think we should be smart enough to know we have to create some balance. That actually reminded me of um, the meeting that I just attended yesterday, Kevin, here. So this is in relation to the, the election that's coming. So the, the speaker, <clears throat> very empowering. And it's good. He, he reminded us. I'm not mentioning the name, but he reminded us that we have the responsibility to choose the right candidate, the candidate that stands for what will benefit us as individually and as a whole and as a community. So it's very, very good. Okay. So then, but then I, but you know, sometimes these meetings, they give you just a little bit of time to ask questions. They'll say, okay, we just have this and then they run away. So I'm, sometimes I have to think maybe that's a platform that <laughs> go away before they ask more serious questions. Yeah. So, but I was going to uh, point to them that, so you're, what, you're endorsing these candidates, but I wanted to ask, so what did these candidates do for the people about this medical freedom in the last four years? So because if they didn't say anything then you want me to endorse them again and and but to the to the to the voters i wanted to say that my vote is so precious but my responsibility doesn't stop here hmm. we the people must make a commitment to follow through after whoever we put in the system so i just thought that that's is still part of ownership of your health and wellness and when you i wanted to add with the wellness i thought carl for me wellness is also how you relate to the differences of opinions to the to people who you live with you communicate with because if you cannot relate well forget it it's like boom you're on that side i was in this tango event because i said let me go back dancing tango and tango is very like mindful right. the minute the guy knew that i didn't get the job he said oh so you're one of them i said what what do you mean well, i'm one of them <laughs> and it's like the, the guy suddenly changed and it's crazy because he said so you're just gonna watch everyone die and you won't die then i said oh i, I don't mind surviving <laughs> <laughs> i like that, I like that. So well at least you were honest but it's very interesting i've been back i'm home in um, newark for four days and i've gone to two funerals and i'm going to one on thursday 
Now think about this. In the last six months, when I come back to Newark, all I hear about are people dying. And my question is to everybody, and I have to be, I'm always careful because I don't want to, I, I don't want to criticize them, but you don't see any correlation to why this is happening. You just think they're just randomly dying. So anytime in my lifetime living anywhere, I've never seen 20 people that I know or 15 people I'm acquainted, acquainted with or have ever die in a, a two month, three month period. That's just, you, you don't have to go that, you don't have to think that far. Or young men, top athletes in the world dying on courts, young women. Die, I mean, you don't have, if, so what's the correlation to that? So you just think it's just happening or you just think that, oh, you know, God is in the sky and it's your time is your anointed time. I laugh about that all the time. I'm like, guys, you don't see it. Now, I think some people are starting to see it. And I have some friends now that are asking really important questions. I think it's, you know, I'm happy to see that it's not at the level that I want it to be, but that's a start. But every single day, 50 years old, 60 years old, 45 years old, 35 years old, 80 years old. I mean, it is just overwhelming. I was at a friend's house for 20 minutes and she so showed me literally seven obituaries of people that I know that should be alive today. Alive today. And we don't see the correlation. You, we don't we don't we don't want it. But it is it's such a deep denial. Right. It's such a uh, you know, you talk about um, the herd mentality, but it's beyond that now. It's, it's a mental disorder. I have, I have to say that it really is. Because you are so blind, you want to say cognitive dissonance. You can you can say whatever you want to say, but there's that's something deep in you that don't want to really look at in that mirror and say, "We made a mistake and we need to correct it." Because not about me, it's about the future generations that we need to protect. I'm not doing this because of me. I'm doing it for the future generations. I'm doing it for my grandchildren. I'm doing it for that that young man that's not born yet. That young woman is not born yet. They should be able to grow up in a world that embraces their body sovereignty, embraces their ability to be free thinking individuals, embrace their ability to love, embrace their ability to practice their faith. This is what we promote, but we always do the opposite things. It's always, it's always surprised me that, um, well, it's something that I can't quite understand. It's like with all this evidence, I mean, 15 of your friends uh, going in such a short time. I mean, that's not just in your area. It's, all over yeah but what is it that people will not sort of even look in that direction is it because uh it's just too overwhelming because once you acknowledge that there's uh some nefarious uh you know doings going on um and and once you go down that path it opens up into a whole bunch of other things that are quite scary or is it just a, um, we've been trying to be lazy in our discernment? It's probably all of those things. <laughs> yeah. I, think it's, I think it's all of it, but you hit it on the head right there. I mean, it's just not a lack of discernment. I think that the brainwashing that we have gone through in this country and under the guise of democracy and patriotism and standing for you know the American government, even when they're engaged in enormous atrocities every day and stripping people of their lives and their resources every day, we fall behind the fake illusion of what democracy looks like or the fact that the doctor cannot be wrong or the fact that what they're saying on TV cannot be wrong. The fact that you know they're oppressed people all around this world that are being starved and being stripped of their resources. That can't possibly be happening. So we live this illusion 
you know, some manufactured consent actually worked. But what you see now, which is a good thing, you see people not tapping into mainstream media. You see people starting to ask questions, but it's not huge numbers, but those are the only numbers that are going to save the planet anyway. It's never going to be the majority. It's always going to be the smaller groups that have the courage to save the planet, but it's got to be, the energy has got to be directed the right way. We cannot act like our enemies. And what's happening in the movements that I've been noticing is that we're acting like our enemies. We're even censoring each other. Yeah. We're even we're even turning on each other because a lot of people weren't prepared for this. A lot of people talk about they understand movements. And, and Grace has heard me say this. I never liked that word. I told her that you should stop using it because once they, once you say you're a movement, they can infiltrate you tomorrow. Tomorrow. They could pick your leaders tomorrow because the ones they give their attention to are the ones that really aren't with you. If they're giving them attention, trust me, they're not with you. They're picking your leaders for you. And we're destroying our own institutions because it's all about something that was not based on where we were going in the future. And that was the fight to save the planet and save the country or save wherever our um, wherever we live from the tyranny of our time. So I see that you have to tell the truth about that. You can't lie about it. So you can't talk about wellness. You can't talk about hope. You can you can talk about love. And but you've got to understand that if we start acting like them, well, what do you think is going to happen? Mm. They're going to win. And so and if you don't and people don't want to talk about that, I'll talk to, I'll talk about that with anybody because I've seen movements destroyed. That's why I say be a loose federation of organizations working together. It seems, seems to be a, yeah, this thing, yeah, I was sort of thinking in the natural world, uh, you know, it's like an infection that moves in. And if you want, if, if you want to take out an ant's nest or something, uh, you get one of the little workarounds, you poison it and it brings it back and then the queen gets it. That's the leader. And so you infiltrate. So I think that we all have to look at this not in a very myopic way. We have to look at what we just have to put it out there and say, okay, this is where this is where we are and fix the parts that we need to fix. But see, I'm not a kumbaya guy. See, I don't believe in that. Oh, let's just get along to get. No, I don't believe in that whatsoever. I will never buy that. <clears throat> That's a losing strategy. But I believe in love. I believe in respect. I believe in the power of family. I believe in the power of faith. I believe that we can do better. I don't subscribe to this whole narrative of that we're a democracy. I don't subscribe to that. I, I, I don't even understand why they keep using the word. But in this country, we're a constitutional republic, and we need to start acting like one. But we can't turn a blind eye to the atrocities that's happening around the world, and particularly what's happening in Africa right now. I mean, so when you talk about wellness, you talk about global wellness, you know, local wellness, you know, national wellness, and what does that pyramid look like for us in the future? And you know, and because when I hear people use to talk about white and black and who gets this and who gets that. I'm saying, are you kidding me? That's where they want us to be having that discussion and dealing with those social constructs that keep us busy fighting each other as opposed to fighting together. And that's for, for me, that's the, that's the science. That's the institutional human science, you know? And um, if you think there's going to be a political solution, God bless you. Do I believe in the business of public policy? Do I believe that we can reform our government? Yes. Do I believe that there are people that we need in our government? Yes. We have to do a better job of picking our leaders. Yes. But they're not, that's not the end all be all. 
That's why I thought what Bobby did by standing out and saying he's running independent shows some courage. But I don't think people understand what that really, really means. It's just not about the ballot positions. It's about us breaking away. I think he said something about a declaration of independence, a new declaration of independence. I thought that was a great I, I'm going to take that. I actually thought that was great. I actually did. I got to tell you, of all of the things I've said, I, I, I actually like that. And you know what? But I don't think people understand what it takes to do that. Right. They don't understand right. what it means to create a declaration or to declare my independence from this. I think they want somebody else to say that. And I mean, I'm I'm fascinated when I people get people get all charged up by it. But listen what it says. Declaration. I'm declaring to be independent of that. Censorship of that fascism of that, you know, because uh, you can't fall behind this, this American flag that so much blood has been shed for to say that we've done all of the right things to preserve democracy in this world. That is a lie. That is a lie. And until we deal with that lie, how can we really work on anything that's going to save our children from the tyranny of our time? And that's powerful. Um, uh, excuse me, Carl. That's really powerful declaration of independence. I think we sh we all have to say that. We all have to do that. The same thing as um, I once heard someone made a comment that the, even the word freedom is overused. It's a freedom, freedom for the elitist to do what they want to do for the minority or for the ones that they could subjugate. He said, that's not freedom. Well, you know, we are very comfortable what you know using these words freedom and you know democracy and, and and at the end of the day we don't have any of it we haven't had any of it in this country for the last 60 years maybe longer we've allowed these systems to be created the world economic forum imf with money laundering institutions right and they get together and they create grand designs of stripping us of resources and stripping us of our humanity. And now they want to control our movement and our children. And they want to continue to commoditize our bodies so they can do what? Profit. So now if you know that and you understand that and you have a little sense of it, you know, do you actually literally believe that there's a political solution to this outside of stripping our government and, and building it all over again? I mean, how could a candidate come to you and say, vote for me, but you haven't seen him on parental rights. You haven't seen him on body sovereignty. Oh, vote for me because I'm Republican or Democrat. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not I'm not in the raw raw business anymore. I've been I've been in politics all my life. It's about execution. Um, I used to say it's about oh I can't remember this term calculations calibrations. And it's about making sure that whatever the true mission is that you want to create politically that is focused on reality. And that's what we have not been focused on reality. You know, so we could talk about the deficit. We could talk about what the Congress is not doing. We could talk about what the Senate's not doing. We can even talk about how poor, poorly the president is responding to global and national because all of it is maximum sophisticated confusion. What we should be focused on is what we, the outcomes that we want for ourselves. And we want a better community. We want a better family life. We want to have economic opportunity. We want to be able to have our own choice to make our decisions. Now, why can't we just fight for that? Why? Because all of these intellectual conversations bore me. I am absolutely literally bored with them because I don't think they even understand what they're talking about. I'm literally, when people start talking to me, Grace and Carl, I walk away. It doesn't make sense. You are a slave. That's yeah, it. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. The truth no. is simple.
Do you believe you're a slave? Yeah, if they can take your money from you, if they can use their businesses to strip you of your resources when you raise that money, when you can't go to school and tell someone that I don't want to do something, when they tell you that they have to, they're going to force you and mandate, and then they're going to take your jobs and they're going to take your children and they're going to trap you in your communities. They're going to trap you are a slave. That's what you are. That's what we are. Yeah, free range slaves. Right. So when people when people are talking to me, I'm like, are you guys smoking something? Really? I, I'm. I mean, because I've seen this. Look, I'm. Look, I'm well read global economic. I, I understand all of it, but it drills down to what kind of world do we really want it to be? Now we have to help a Bobby Kennedy. We have to help people that are standing in the, in the gap. We have to help Grace. We have to help you. But we got to come together and be realistic. I am so over and done with all of that other talk because they really don't know what it means to be a revolutionary. It's not violence. It's a state of consciousness. It's a state of consciousness. So a lot of people, they want to feel good. They want to do it. Yeah. But to, to be a real revolutionary, it's about sacrifice. And even in the movement, we don't take care of each other that that well. See, I can say that. So people say, Kevin, why do you say that? Because I control my own agency. I'm not a slave. So you got to have, you got to change. We have to start changing these conversations. And the, the conversation we're having now, uh, it's, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with it. Because it's not based in reality. Do you, do you think the, uh, all this sort of complicated talk uh, is a way of distraction, uh, you know, because it, it, it makes us feel that there's, uh, you know, they use all these different terms, people who are specialists in different areas uh, in government and uh, healthcare and all that. Uh, and we ordinary people can't possibly, well, they must know what they're talking about. And then we go into this kind of uh, subservient um, state because and I'm also sort of thinking that, if, you know, health is able to, part of that is to be able to think clearly. Yeah. And to become aware, become more aware and to feel with their heart of what's right and what's wrong. Uh, and so if the nation was healthier in body, they yeah. probably have a healthier political system by default <laughs> and a healthier environment. And they all work together. Yeah. Well, I, I just yeah. think that these kind of conversations are so critically important. I'm so happy that Grace is still doing her show. You know, I try not to do, I, I get, I'm, I mean, Grace knows me well. I have no tolerance for small talk. You know, I love my family. I mean, I just believe that, you know, and seeing the world through real, you know, my eyes and what I've seen all around the world, you know, we keep falling into the same trap, you know, of mundane narratives that we believe is going to be so inspirational, is going to shift the world. You know what inspiration is? Inspiration is courage. Inspiration is your God courage. And it is uncomfortable. Inspiration is uncomfortable. So when I hear people talk, I'm like, okay, that sounds absolutely fabulous. I love it. But so what are we going to do? You know what we did three years ago? We shook up the world and we should be back out there shaking up the world again. But you know what we're doing now? We're looking for a savior yet again. And it is not going to happen. It's not. It's not, it's, that's not how we change the world. And, um, and I know this might make some people uncomfortable, but I really don't care 
at the end of the day, you know, we have to shame the devil and tell the truth. And at the end of the day, you know, every individual has to get out into the marketplace and save their own lives and work together to overcome the tyranny of our time. Yeah, absolutely. And there's um, there's no shortcuts. We shouldn't always be looking for shortcuts to this. Sometimes we have to go through the hardship because this is part of why we're here in the world to learn. And, uh, you know, uh, there's no shortcuts. You can't hand your responsibility over to someone else. Your doctor, you just don't. The doctor's a facilitator. He's yeah. not, you know, right. it's this sort of thing. It's the subtlety in the language. All these things have 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 put us in the position that we are. But it can start, you know, we don't have to take bite off more we can chew and try to, you know, take on huge things. We can start with even with our own health, our own health, taking care of our own temple. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to be working so hard this year to come up with and, and represent various companies that have that built into their value system. You know, I mean, not just to make money, but to actually heal the body, giving, making, creating a gateway to wellness. You know, I think we can do that platform that the right way, you know, and I'm a, you know, I'm a political person. I'm a business person. You know, I've been, I've done a lot of great things in my life. I mean, I'm very, very um, privileged in that sense. Um, that I can get up every day and earn, you know, a living to take care of my family and understand the value of education and family and my my faith is strong. But I am I am not tolerant of, you know, that that whole concept that we all have to get along when, in fact, we all have to tell the truth to each other so we can win this long term battle. And I'm yeah. not here to make you feel comfortable. Wellness is important to me. Life is important to me. Family is important to me. And that's hand to hand combat. You know, that's hand to hand combat. Because I've seen what has been done to these communities all around the country. So think about it. We went from neighborhoods where we all knew and loved each other. We could keep our doors open. We knew each other's families. We went to church together, to mosque together, the to, um, wherever their houses of faith are, right? Um, the temple together. And then we moved in communities where we don't know each other. And now in the black community and other communities, we've now become victimhoods where they can commoditize us um, based on fear and based on all of the negative factors that have stripped us of our, our dignity and stripped us of our humanity, right? So think about that from neighborhood to, to, to communities to victimhoods now. Everybody's a victim. Everybody's being victimized. I don't buy that. That's what they want us to be. Even in our health, it's it's all right to be obese. It's all right to be sick. Nobody's asking critical questions of why we have so many mental disorders in our, in our communities. Why are our children so obese? Why are our children, you know, interested in being something other than what God wanted them to be? What's happening in those schools? What's happening in those universities? And then when you ask that question, you become anti-something. I don't think we should fall for that banana in the tailpipe anymore. That's a, That's ridiculous. And, you know, and I'm so sick and tired of people trying to hide behind their goodness when, in fact, this is not about your goodness. This is about doing the right thing. Nobody should listen to you. No one. And what we do is we fall in love with people. I don't fall in love with people. I fall in love with people that believe in God, people that understand why we need to fight for humanity, understanding that we need to move out of sick care to well care, understanding what wellness is, understanding where we should spend our money, understanding how this tribe should be different and we should not be operating like other people and making up excuses for failed leadership that have criminalized and, and been corrupted in our system that we're trying to, the new world that we're trying to build. So at the end of the day, we don't get a buy either.
Yeah, well, I, 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 I was just sort of thinking, um, you know, on the other side of it is you have this, um, because we're, I'm out here in Ireland and Europe, um, and, you know, I see the same thing sort of happening. Communities are being devastated. When I was growing up, people would just call around and you let your dog out and you could park <laughs> anywhere. You know, smoke on the cigarettes in the pubs. You can't yeah. do any of that anymore. People, yeah. you don't call around to somebody without an appointment now. Yeah. Um, people, you got the gated communities, you got the rich getting richer and the poor getting more dependent. And uh, and then I sort of thinking, you know, it's happening globally. Um, and you have these powers that be that believe that there's too many people and this right. is their this is their way. And, and and that's probably the horrific thing is, is for people to accept that there's. Uh, you know, elements that we think are our friends, but they actually don't like us. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> that's very true, Carl. Carl, that's a good one. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I want to use that. One. Well, you know, it, listen, I'm not, you know, I, I, when I come into the city that I love, I was having a meeting with a group of prominent people last night, and we were talking about, um, we were talking about how we need to come together to uh, to rebuild, not save, but to rebuild our communities and how we should activate ourselves in a, a more forceful way about talking to people and spending time with people and saying it's all right to think differently. It's all right to reclaim your freedom. It's all right to reclaim your hope. It's all right to stand up against somebody that looks like you. Look, in 85% of major cities, almost 60, 75%, I'm not good with the statistics, but you know, I'll have black men and women running their cities into the ground, but they want to blame that on white supremacy. I have white corporations that saying, you know, you know, equity and, you know, inclusivity, inclusivity, and they're some of the greatest monsters on the global scale that I've ever seen in my life. And we go, and, and, and we actually, you know, don't challenge that. You know, I got politicians talking about, you know, we need to fight for better food and better this and better that. That is not their intent. Their intent is to put you to sleep. And I don't even think we know the difference anymore. And so if you come in a room and you say what I'm saying, they're like, oh, you know, Kevin was once, he's a little radical. I am, I am absolutely radical. Without and what's wrong with that? And what's wrong with that? Understand. You have to understand what they do. <laughs> this is when someone called me an activist one day. I pulled them to the side. I said, stop. I'm not an activist. Now, if you would have called me the activist in the same vein as a Malcolm and Martin, which I can never walk in their shoes, and or Harry Belafonte or any of the great minds of our time, you know, James Baldwin, you know, I can go on and on. Paul Robes. I mean, I could just go on and on. Right. Those were real active men, active women trying to activate something bold in our consciousness to do something great to save humanity. So now activists are people that only act out until they get what they want. So if you want to call me an advocate for, you know, something, that's fine. But don't ever call me an activist. Because I know the difference now. The word has been, it's changed. Mm. And now until, you know, I explained that to the person, they didn't know. So activating something, activating a think a, a, a thinking process that creates change, right? All activists now, if you notice, they're only active until they get what they want. And then when they get they, what they want, they become them. They actually become the, 
the puppets or the leaders for most color revolutions are the activists that they call. And, and, and I, you, you know what? You're absolutely correct. I mean, listen, I'd rather have these conversations now and challenge even my own movement and challenge the people. I hate that word. Please, I'm sorry. And, and challenge the people within that body, because I got to tell you, if I start this conversation with, they wouldn't know where to go. Because they are just as naive as the people, you know, that we we, we think we're trying to, I guess, but they're naive too. And so I'm at the point now and I'm like, listen, we have a plan to save. We have communities to save. We have other people to talk to, you know? So I just think that to be able to have this kind of conversation saves us from a destructive path. And you can't, you don't make up excuses. You don't have an excuse. Look, I might like you, Carl, right? I might like you. We might like each other. We might go fishing with each other. Our families might come over and have dinner with each other. But if you get off the mission and you're doing something to destroy the greater good of what we're trying to accomplish, or if you start acting like them and trying to rationalize your behavior, well, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. Hey, I, get I get it. I get we it. We cannot be friends. So it's not about you just taking experimental biologic, but it's you trying to justify why we should take it. It's not about the fact that I might not agree with your politics. I don't agree with your politics because history tells me that I should never agree with your politics. Because history never lies. So why are we back here in this tyrannical state? Because we never left it in the first place. So that's where I'm at with this. And so I think that right now, I don't know if it's good for me to be really speaking to people too much. <laughs> Because I can't tolerate that insane kind of thinking. I'm less tolerant of it because history is right here in front of us. So all of these forms of control have been here. So until right. we all got affected by it, it was all right when it was siloed to, and other groups are being impacted by it. So I think it's very interesting time for us to tell the truth or this movement, as we call it, will not exist. <laughs> that's my, that's maybe grace you to, that's my. No, but it's, it's so true. And at this point, we, of course, we've been having this uh, podcast for a number of years already. And so at some point you, you have to really choose who you want to meet, who you want to talk to, you know, because this isn't just about, you know, just having a social life outside, because if you're talking the same thing again and again, and not acting on it, just before we started the conversation, I was really thinking if I have to um, focus my conversation today with Kevin, what would I really want, want to focus on? And definitely, there's always that underlying thing about direct cognition of who we are okay and in the past conversation we all have defined that as a a divine part of the divine divinity of you know god's being so then i said but we have to recognize that okay so once you recognize it that's it no you have to act on it so now that becomes like the foundation it's like you materialize when you act on it you materialize and um, two of our favorite uh, guests, like uh, Matthew and Alex Craner, they will always say, look at the results. Are the people doing good? Are the people, you know, that's how you determine what they're talking about, if it's 
real democracy or whatever, the results. And then ultimately, I think we have to bring it to the gratitude, Kevin. Because yes. I think we have to be so great. I'm so grateful, even if it's so crazy, I'm grateful to be born in these times. Well, you so know what, Dil Grace, you're absolutely right. I yeah. actually agree with you because we should all feel grateful that God had triggered something in our consciousness when we were born to be able to understand when it's time to stand up for who we are as human beings. I think a lot of us, Carl, yourself and myself, hopefully, when we were born, we were endowed with something special and was going to be triggered um, for this moment to fight against the tyranny of our time. So I got to tell you, you bring up a very, very um, interesting um, discussion about gratitude. I am so grateful that I've met you in the last three years. I'm so grateful, Carl, that of the work that you're doing and standing up. So gratitude is key to all of this, right? Grateful. I am grateful. There's a, a, um, um, a gospel song called Grateful. I'll listen to it. You know, and I am grateful for God's grace and mercy. And I am grateful for the fact that He's given me some opportunity to be able to articulate to people all around the world about how we should be standing up against the tyranny of our time. I am truly grateful that I have found some new friends um, and this this process of life that I've gone through. But I'm also grateful that God will give me discernment where I can call bullcrap bullcrap when I see it. <laughs> I am very grateful for that. And so, so, so for me, I'm not here to make you feel comfortable. I'm not here. That's not my job on this planet. My job on this planet is to take every bit of the God consciousness that God has given me to do all the things beautifully or not be as I possibly can to work on something that will bring value to what he created, his grand design. So for me, I am grateful. And, you know, I have to remember that because sometimes grace and Carl, when I'm giving speeches, I always try to start by saying how grateful I am that you've allowed me to come and speak to you and how honored I am that you allowed me to come and speak to you because that is an honor. And I'm grateful that God has given me a gift of articulation that I can be able to articulate what I'm saying in a way that might move you um, to take action. Right. So I'm an activist instead of an activist. <laughs> I don't know what the heck that is. I just made it up. But but it's very interesting that, you know, the mama bears, um, I, call, I like to call them that out of respect, the ones that ignited this fire in the country that would warned us for so many years. I don't hear us talking about them anymore. I don't hear us like, I don't hear us talking about what the real issues are anymore. And that's what happens. We go from the macro to the micro, micro to the macro. No, this is really a micro issue, not a macro. But in fixing the mic micro, it's going to have a major impact on the, the macro. The UN, you know, the corporatocracy, you know, someone said the other day, I don't know who it was on, on one of these um, podcasts, that the president of the United States is the chairman of BlackRock. It's true. Our judiciary cannot be trusted anymore, right? Where we thought we can get the balance of the scales of justice doesn't exist anymore. Our government has been captured. Every agency has been captured. Our school systems, are, and they've been prepping us for this. They've been training their workforce, right, to destroy life. And what have we been doing? So education and repurposing our language to get people activated so they can find their God consciousness and they can find, you know, their ability to, you know, create their own personal declaration for independence. So 
that's where I'm at, guys. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and, and Kevin, the, no. go ahead, Carl. Oh, uh, I was just saying that yeah, that grateful, uh, and to be grateful, it's when you give something to someone, they're grateful. They open up, and so when we're grateful, it allows God, it allows this this greater consciousness, uh, allowing ourselves open to it. Um, you know, it's it's this is an ongoing battle. I mean, what we see right now is is it's being repeated throughout history, all the way back. We're continually being challenged, and and I was thinking there that, you know, in the Bible, I think in Isaiah it says that God created both good and evil, and so there's evil in the world, and our 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 thing isn't necessarily to fight it, you know, do not resist the devil, but to go ignore or go above, uh, transcend, and and so these structures that are around us, I mean. For me, I see so many lies, uh, so much deceit. Uh, but this is a process. It wasn't always as bad as it is now. And it goes through these cycles. And so if we look at this, sometimes I see it as all the stuff that goes around the world is really for the individual to be spurred on to come to realize who they are in, in, in the eyes of God. All right. Or, or, you know that sort of thing. It's to, uh, if we didn't have anything to kind of um, challenge us at all these different levels, uh, we would atrophy. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's what's happened through bad health. It's a form of uh, atrophication of of the spirit of of, of, the, of the individual. You know, and and so we're continually spurred on to realize who we are. And, and and what I noticed with you, Kevin, is you talk, you know, like the declaration. These are these are these are statements of intent. Yeah. And that's 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 how things work in the universe. Yeah. You 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 can't be wishy-washy, you can't be, you know, just do a little activation or activist stuff and then go home and do something else at, you know and stop. It's 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 like these great leaders, uh, Martin Luther and all going out there and living it. Because it's a, it's coming from, it's coming from the heart, it's coming from the soul, it's coming from source, it's coming from God. And it's a hard, it's a hard life to lead. I mean, you know, I, I find balance in my life. You know, I understand that. You know, I have to earn and take care of my family and continue my family's legacy and do all the work that I need to do to prepare my future generation of my family to thrive. But I'm also one of my jobs is to educate my, my family and my grandkids about who we are, what we are and what has happened in the world. And when you start to do that early with your children, they start to understand and they have a sense of discernment when they hear things because they have a they have a historical understanding of why these things are happening. And majority of the kids in America now don't know anything about anything. And we're to blame for that. We're to blame for that. You know, when I was 17, 16, 17, 18, I was told when I went to college that I needed to keep moving on. Like, you know, it's that's a that's it, that's your you, you're moving into manhood now. You're not supposed to come home and sleep on my sofa. Now they say this now. I hear a lot of parents say this. Well, it's rough out there now. Wow, could you imagine? And and when I was born, 1963, and graduated out of high school, 1981, graduated college, you're going to college, right? So think about what I'm saying to you. So it was rough then. So it's rougher now. I, I don't get it. I, I, so was it rougher for my parents? So each generation goes through something, but these kids use it as an excuse. 
not to do anything, not to stand up for anything. But then when they do stand up for something, it's so absurd because they've been brainwashed all of their yeah, lives. Yeah. Yeah. And they we've allowed it to happen. So we've allowed it to happen. We've allowed it to happen, right? So it's just very interesting to me when I hear that coming from parents. Now, some of them, I get it, but our kids are supposed to move out into the world and learn what the world is all about so they can protect the future for the, their generation. Not to get along, go along, or not to subscribe to theologies or thinking that is destructive to the point that we might not be able to trust them when we get older. I'm concerned about that. Like, these guys are going to be making decisions for me? Oh, man, we're in trouble. So the reawakening is at so many levels. It's at so many levels. And you have to start with our children and our younger children because they don't live in the real world. And people say, oh, it's because of social media. So, well, I had TV. Well, I mean, every generation has something that triggers something. But look what we did to these kids. We've allowed them to form their own identity based on a lie based on a false, false perception of something. So we created an illusion for these kids and that's gonna to lead to the failure of this planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing um, it every day, I'm seeing it every day. I mean, it's scary out there in the real world, in the real world, guys, Grace, it's scary out there. Mm. And I'm seeing how they communicate with each other and I'm seeing how they believe, I have people in my life that still believe the government. And I have people in my life, young people in my life that doesn't even know how the government operates. Then I have people in my life that will make up every excuse not to challenge the tyranny of their time because they have accepted their bondage. And then I have people in my life that is so, I mean, the, they're so right about something that they missed the whole point. Think about that. Now, that is frightening. Yeah, that's the hardest one. Probably. That's the, that's the, that's the, hardest. <laughs> the hardest one to break. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and, you, and we go around harming each other because we're all base-like, you know? And when people say, well, you know, we have to show each other love. Yes, we do. But you have to understand what that means when you do that. That's just that's not just poetry, my friend. Because, you know, every word is now about po freedom. It's poetic now, you know. And talking about poetry, a lot of poets that we know of, they were really just like Paul Robson. So now I'm like, wow. Right, you know, that's very, very true. Most of them also died early death. <laughs> but look, right now, the military um, industrial complex is making going to make trillions of dollars because they're going to keep us in a war mode. Right now, big tech is going to continue to keep censoring us. Right now, AI is going to rip the guts out of the working class and further working class in this country. Right now, big pharma is still saying that it's all right to take our poison because it's going to make you feel better. Right now, you know, the globalists are in, in play. Right now, you turn on your TV now. And if you don't see what's going on in your TV this morning, that is all about globalist play. It's all about the military industrial complex. And it's all about a distraction. War anywhere on the planet is wrong. Bondage anywhere on the planet is wrong. Apartheid anywhere on the planet is wrong. It doesn't matter if they're a friend or not. Mm. But we'll we'll lace it into some political narrative that gives us the freedom not to tell the truth. Now, Carl, I've been around. 
I've seen the bull crap a long time. So now yeah. you go back 50 years ago and you listen to what Malcolm said, it'll blow your mind. Yeah. Even listen to what Matt Martin said, it'll blow your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were like, oh my God, these guys were beyond being prophetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go and see what Paul Robeson did around the world by you know, it, it, it's unbelievable. With Fannie Lou Hamer, it's it's unbelievable. Go listen to read, read the great works of Martin, read the great works of Frederick, read the great works of those men and women. I could go on. We're absolutely dialed into a God consciousness that is way beyond anything that I can ever comprehend. And there's so many people that in other communities around the country in Ireland, you have your own heroes, right? And Indian Asia is all dialed into an energy that you have to show you that they did and took and said words that we go back now to blow your mind. I'm like, oh my God. And that's, oh where, that's where the powerful education must begin locally is even tapping into the real, real heroes and how they really was telling us already what's happening. Instead yes, of instead of the new novels and the new things that is being prescribed. Well, you know, everybody wants you to forget the history, right? So everybody wants to make you feel good, Carl. Well, we can't talk about chattel slavery. Oh, we can't talk about Jim Crow. Oh, but I could talk about that and still say to my people, that you know, we we our business strategy was wrong. We chose politics over um, um, ownership. We should we should have stayed maintained our ownership, and we could have driven and directed our politics. I had somebody actually want to debate me on that call. I thought I was going to jump off a building. I was like, you don't see the results of that decision right here in your own community. I mean, your own neighborhood. They actually wanted to debate me, Carl, on that. That's mental illness. I'm sorry. That's not an opinion. You cannot have an opinion without context. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is that's that virus again. Yeah, so, so, virus. so I'm saying to everyone, I'm like, you don't see this. Like, you don't see what we've done to ourselves. And we are such ideologues in, about everything. It's this way or that way. If it ain't that way, it's like, no, guys, there's only one way. Is that seeking God, seeking God's voice, to tap into your your God um, consciousness, to be able to not to fight, but to build a real world, a real world that we know can exist. It can exist. So I'm at the point now at my age that I'm asking God to continue to keep working on me and guide me in a way that I don't become, you know, um, uh, 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 a fool that's selling pipe dreams that I know that is not going to happen until we get back out into the streets and take over the streets again. Because this is fool talk. This is not real. So if you think a political party is going to help you, boy, you're in denial. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to get some magical words on mainstream media, boy, you're in trouble. If you think you're going to continue to keep talking about the crisis as opposed to coming up with a strategy to win the day and to preserve God's grand design, boy, you're in trouble. If you think somebody's going to come and raise your family, take care of your family and redirect your children on a better path, unclogging their, their diseased minds, because they they have diseased minds. I'm sorry. They do. And we've allowed it to happen. It's our fault. I'm sorry to tell you that if we don't take this serious in the next eight years, they will we will be right back, right in the system that we were fighting against for three years. And some people, I mean, my family, your family, Grace, all of our family has been fighting one way or another 
against the tyranny of that time or their time. But this is completely different. They're moving at a nuclear pace. And so when you talk to your elected official, what are you talking to your elected official about? So when you vote for somebody, you're voting for them because you like them. You're voting for somebody because, oh, they're in your party. You're ridiculous. Are you voting for somebody that basically is saying, you know, magical words? Now, you can, they can get in, but why can't, you, why can't you get them out? Because once they get in, they become a part of the system. And then we go around complaining about it all the time, as opposed to creating the action to get rid of them. So, I mean, it's time for us to stand up and, you know, and, you know, shame the devil and tell the truth and not try to cover our, like, you know, in our movement now, we're, we're such good, do, you know, do-gooders, you know, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, No, we're not. We're people trying to learn every day like everybody else. You know, and enough of the sideshows. So I think what Bobby did yesterday was a leap of faith. I think that is, to me, it's not about just winning. It's about people standing up against the system. You try to work within that system. But we can't create another system based on that system. You cannot do it. It's the pedagogy yeah. of the oppressed. The oppressed become the oppressor. Look what's happening in South Africa right now. Look what's happening all around the world. But look how Africa is fighting back now. I love it. I'm just inspired by it. I haven't seen that. Me too. I'm so excited about it. Because <laughs> I've always thought about Africa with so much respect for and, and valuable resources and keep wondering why is it that they couldn't get off, you know, and be industrialized and well, because because the West, this the, the West, including this government, has been engaged in not just colonialism but neocolonialism, but genocide. And that there's an infrastructure, a corporate and global infrastructure that has continued to strip Africa of its resources and destroying its most important resource, which is human life. And until they start to fight back against that colonialism, that neocolonialism, and even the church has played a role in that. You know, I grew up in a household of people that have faith in action. You know, you go to Africa now, I don't know what the heck what I'm listening to when I go there. All of their tribal experiences, not, not tribal, all of their, their experiences and how they practice their faith and how they worship their God is turned into some, some darkness or something. So we have to subscribe to our, our uh, slave um, catchers' um, religion and their spiritual understanding when, in fact, it was all based on a lie. I mean, it's fascinating how now I see something happening in Africa, but Africa has to be careful because the young people that were trained in the West here, Right. That go back to Africa where they're they're a part of the globalist action to suppress the value or continue value of what Africa could really be. So you got Africans inside of Africa that are just as worse or tools of the oligarchs than the people that that, that, than, that than the people that we're fighting. Same thing in other communities around the country. So, I mean, listen, you know, I'm not in that mood now because I, I, I know time is running out. Time is running out now. I really feel it. I say, okay, guys, time is running out. We got to get back on the ground and have a deeper conversation. So I've been going around the country having this conversation now, Grace. You know, what does global wellness look like? How do we heal the mind, body, and soul? 
How do we find the real truth in ourselves to claim the day, to claim the moment that God, because the earth is not going anywhere. We are. I always tell people, y'all worrying about global warming. I, I laugh all the time, Carl. I said, don't worry about the earth. It'll correct itself. We'll be out of here. We'll be yeah. out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to have a long conversation about that because we're not having a real conversation because if we really want to talk about climate change, well, let's go into Africa. Let's go into these poor countries. Let's go into these countries with that countries that were destroyed. Let's go. We want to talk about that. Let's talk about that. But don't put a damn windmill in my ocean. It's not going to generate anything. Sorry. It's not going to generate anything. I'm making fun of it all now. But I think it's hilarious. Hilarious. When the same countries all around the world are polluting this country, but you're not talking about them. You're talking about me not having plastic bags in my supermarket. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> and, and, yeah. and just, I, I look, another distraction, another distraction. Okay. I mean, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute. Though. And then when I got older and found out when I went to the um, the dump sites, it was all, <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Now. This is crazy. But I'm just making fun of it. Yeah. So now I'm a I'm a climate denier. I remember when I was growing up, I used to turn on PBS and remember they used to do all the specials about the polar bears are dying and the ice caps are melting and New York is going to be underwater and stop. Now you're saying that we have to uh, we have to reduce fossil fuels. We better not. Oh, we have to be on electrical grid. Let's not going to happen. Now they want to move us from gas stoves to. I'm just saying. It is maximum sophisticated confusion. It's 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 idiocy. Uh, it's these guys who are implementing this don't seem to have any background in understanding these things at all. They're just politicians, or you know, they, we're out here, and there's a, our environmental minister is talking about bringing back wolves into Ireland. Ireland is a small country. There's far, there's no wild open spaces. It's not it's not like out in the you know west of America or in South America, wherever it is. This is a family goes for a walk up the mountains. They're going to be wondering if they're going to be attacked by a herd. You know, you can see the neck. There's no house further than three miles away in this country. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, you just showed the absurdity. You just showed the absurdity of of what we have become. We have become yeah. characters. We're caricatures because when I listen to these conversations, and, and I got to tell you, when I'm debating, it's really interesting. So I'll say, you don't agree with me. Okay, let's debate on the issue within some sort of construct. They won't do it. Yeah. They won't do it. So if you want to have a climate conversation on the other side and say, debate me, they won't do it because they have nothing to stand on. If I say, I want to debate you about what happened during COVID and all of the four, I mean, they won't do it. But they'll call you anti-something. So instead of us running against it, let's define it differently so they'll stop using it. <laughs> they'll stop using it, you know? That's, yeah. my, that's my thought for the, that's my thought for today, Carl. And that's <laughs> where I'm at right now today, Carl. And I'm in New Jersey is always rough for me. My personality changes a little bit when I get to New Jersey. <laughs> I got post-traumatic, you know, syndrome when I come here. <laughs> things can, and the wonderful thing with us, people who have courage, have also the courage to laugh at things. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care if people say, why are you laughing at things? Because it's so crazy funny. 
Well, and, uh, I, I think what we're doing is we're becoming groupies. I, we're so, it's so natural yeah. for us to do that. It's so natural. I've, I've been, I'm, 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 I'm watching it. Hey, Grace, I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're just creating a, a groupie system. And I'm like, who has time for that? I mean, who really has time for that? And Carla, I don't want you to make me feel good. I, mean, I want you to tell me, Kevin, go do some more homework on that issue. Okay, fine. I'll do the homework. I'll come back and say, you know, Carl, I agree with you. Like, let's work together on that, right? There's no struggle there. You said, I'll challenge you on that. You might say okay. it differently than I do. You know, same thing with Grace. Grace might say, hey, Kevin, what about gratitude? Oh, wow. I forgot about that. You know? Oh, well, let's talk about obesity for the last 20 years. Oh, well, it's a right to be fat. No, it's not a right to be fat. It's not healthy. It's not It's unhealthy, right? So it's very interesting that now I'm seeing this major, major shift and we're getting ready to go into this political season, which is silly season. And if you don't go at the local, if you don't change your government at the local level, you can forget about it. The national level, that's that that's going to be a clown show forever. But at the local level, we have all the, the power to change whatever. The school board yep. level. That's right. And we're getting away from that. And the Midwest. When I was traveling, Carl, I don't know if you know, I've traveled 700 and some odd thousand miles. And so I really did a poll of this country. So when people are talking to me about America, I'm like, well, what part of America have you been into? You've been to? What part of them? Who are you talking to in America? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Who are you talking to? I've traveled all over this country and, and continue to do it. And I continue to learn something every day. And the first thing I learned when I was on that journey was I had to change my thinking about who we were as Americans, not as white Americans, not as black Americans. And I don't want to sound like damn Obama. That's ridiculous. But I'm saying to you, <laughs> I want to I want to we have to change that thinking. And we can't change that thinking by living in denial about what has happened in this country and then the role that this country has played and destroying other countries and the role that this country has played in destroying their own people. You got to start there first. I'm American. I'm a black American man. I know what that means, but I'm not a damn victim. I'm a real black American man. I know people are uncomfortable with that, <laughs> but I am a man. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing that a lot of us don't understand that, you know, to identify, like when, when I was growing up, they said African-American. And my father to me said, no, you're not African-American. You're descendants of, of Africans. You're a descendant of slaves. And you need to always understand that history. And I was taught that history very early. So I don't look at my marker as a slave marker. I look at my marker as a nation building marker. My people were kings and queens. And I don't say that lightly. We charted the world. We created systems of education and higher thinking. We created, I heard somebody talking about Egypt the other day, Grace. I bust out laughing. I said, what is Egypt? They were like, Kevin, what's Egypt? I said, what is it? Because I'm confused. I'm, I'm serious. They were looking at me like, I said, no, you mean Kemet? You mean Egypt? We, it became Egypt. But do you understand how it became Egypt? Do you understand who destroyed the greatest temple ever of education? Do you understand how they stole? I said, now, when I say that, that doesn't mean that I'm anti-you. What I'm saying is understand the history before you open up your mouth. 
Because if you talk about medicine and holistic medicine and natural medicine and the understanding of the physiology of the body, what people knew that more than the Nubians and, and the Kemetic people of our time? That's like saying the Moors didn't build Spain. <laughs> and so when you say that, does that make me anti-you as an Irishman call? No, absolutely not. Does that make me, Grace, does that make me anti-you? Nope. So when you no. have these conversations, it makes people uncomfortable. And then they say, well, you know, well, how can, why can't we all get along? That's not what I'm talking about here. So in wellness and in health and our relationship to our bodies, our relationship to this, this ecosystem of life, right? It, it, it's all together. Because if you don't know yourself on the great temples of Luxor and Kemet, not Egypt, <laughs> it says, man, know thyself. And we've gotten away from knowing who we are as God's creatures and God and God and, and human beings. And look at what the church, look what the church did. The church abandoned God during COVID, abandoned the scriptures. And the devil knew that it was going to do that. <laughs> they actually used our houses of faith <clears throat> as a weapon against us. Now, how many ministers that you know on, in this world that stood up against that tyranny? Not a lot. Um, yesterday, yeah, for, the, for the first time, Kevin, we were in a Catholic church. That's amazing. Because, you know, but the other two years ago, we, we were in the other church. They, the guy that, that, that my contact said yesterday, Grace, that was the first and the last. They said, don't ever come back. I says, whoa. <laughs> so, yep. You're, you're and, telling and I, and, but it's all a part of the same. You know, the thing about it, Carl, people want to have this conversation in isolation. You can't. You have to have the conversation. And we well, have to get. I'm sorry, Greg. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. When you put it in context, it's like you're talking about, you know, slavery. And I'm sort of thinking, like in Ireland, we're slaves too, or we have been slaves in our own country. Under, Absolutely. And yet, and yet, and yet, the Irish who went to America, they were, you know, ill-treating Indians, the Native Americans. You know, it goes around all the time. And you can't you can't you can't run away from that. Yeah. You yeah. Can't. Now it's not something that you know it's it's not something that you're going to be in a conversation with every day. But you can't talk about globalization without understanding what that really is, right? You can't talk yeah. about. I always tell my my friends. I said I am a spiritual person. I believe in a higher being. I believe in God. I choose to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, but I also was trained to, in the teachings of Muhammad. I was also trained in the teachings of Buddha. I was also, see, comprehensive understanding of one universal being. Yes. So yes. if you think at it from a religious perspective, well, you're thinking like a man. Religion is the mob. Religion is organized crime. That's what it is. I've contributed to churches. I've contributed to AME churches. I've grown up in Baptist churches. I've grown. It does nothing for the soul. But when you tap into the real God consciousness in you, 
you see it all. It's like Neo in the Matrix. You see it all. So when people tell me about their religion, I say, well, that's voided of God. Well, Kevin, what do you mean? I say, it's a religion. It has nothing to do with God. It's all a control system. So some Christians would say, Kevin, that's blasphemous. No, you thinking the way you are is. Because if you read the teachings of Jesus Christ, it's right there. Yeah. If you read religion, the teachings, it's right there. So you're going to religion. dispute Jesus Christ? I'm like, you do what you want to do. Think about that, Grace. Yeah. You're going to dispute Jesus Christ. Religion is not spirituality. Religion is not spirituality. Not. It's not. Look, I've been to the Vatican. Like yeah. I'm working on, I'm trying to plan my life journeys for, I want to do four things like big journeys, spiritual journeys in my lifetime. I could, if I could just get out of my own way, I can go and do it. Right. If I could just get out of my own way, I will probably be on two of them already in the next four years, but I just can't get out of my own way, obviously. <laughs> but, you know, seeking that higher consciousness is what allows you to see over all of this. Now, people say, oh, that's kind of out there. That's the only way. There is no only way but that way. You know, and, you know, and it's kind of tough living in a world that is guided by, you know, darkness. It's guided by darkness. So so for me, wellness represents all of that. And Grace, that was very good, quite because that represents that's wellness, love and all of those things are incorporated in that. Yeah. Thank that you. You know, so that's where I'm at with that. So I, I was even prepared to talk about all this today, Grace. But she... <laughs> and then, and uh, I think this will be a good place to wrap it up. But yeah, yeah talk about the wellness because in in the health and wellness, the image that comes to me is that vertical relationship. Okay, yeah. when you go vertical, and it's a two, it's a flowing verticality, right. and then, but there's also that horizontal thing among us you know among us people now relating to each other all the different time zones okay that the verticality comes for me the multi-dimensionality and then yeah that that source consciousness that we go and that's the only way for me to look at this thing so much that massive that i can stay sane and mm -hmm. i i wish and i intend every day carl um and all and Roy, he may not be here. That I stay strong, so I can continue being doing this. And for me not to attract those that I'm not, it's a little questionable. Okay, I'm, you know, please don't let me attract even those who will say, Grace, you're not earning money yet. So how about this? Would you like this? And then when I check it out, I said no. It's not in my DNA to go through that because I needed to earn money. I'd rather do this still and, you know, and the source will provide because we are constantly being in his fold. Right. So any right. last words, Carl and uh, Kevin, please? Well, I just, I mean, my thing is I'm going to continue to, to do the work that God has guided me to do. And I and I just want to say something to you, Grace. I love you. And thank you for all of your continued support because Grace was with me, with me and allowed me to be on her show years ago. And we become friends. And every time I see her, she inspires me. And I was telling my wife, Gail, I said, Gail, I have to do Grace's show. She said, oh, I like her, Kevin. I've seen you on her shows before. She said, you don't do a lot of shows anymore. I said, because they don't represent my state of mind. Mm. they don't. I said, what am I going to do? I'm not, 
I'm not going to get on that bandwagon. If we're going to change this world, we got to get back out there and change it. I mean, really change it, you know, and I'm not into groupthink. Never will. That's a dangerous thing, you know, but I am willing to work with people that are going to stand up um, and, and do the things that I think that is going to preserve God's grand design. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that. Not, we're not fighting for democracy. We're not fighting for a constitutional republic. We're not fighting for our church. We're actually fighting to protect God's grand design. Man, that's even when I say it, I get chills because who the hell wants that yeah. responsibility? <laughs> who wants it? You know, so anyway. Yeah, well, there's no other way to. That's who we are. Yeah, uh, you know, there's no, there's no. What you said there was, yeah, I got the, I got a little, yeah, it, there it, too. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it too. I was that's, like, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> that's it. But, 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 but if I'm in that space, uh, you know, I'm not worried about all this other stuff. I'm not worried about, you know, death or mortality because I'll be in the place where I need to be. And if I'm in the place where I need to be. I'll take whatever consequences they are because I'm expressing, you know, absolutely the source absolutely. who I am. Absolutely. You know, so well, I'm just I'm I'm just blessed and, and I feel privileged that I was able to talk to both of you today. And um, because I have mixed feelings about these things, you know. So and I'm in New Jersey, so it's kind of I don't get to do all the stuff I do in Florida, Grace. So I get trapped here. I, you know, it's like it's a different energy, you know. I, I I'm normally up at four o'clock every morning. I didn't get up until nine and that's not like me. I'm normally up and active and working and doing everything. I said, Gail, I got to go back to Florida. I said, I got to go back Friday. So I'm leaving Friday <laughs> to go back to Florida so I can get some more of that energy that where, you know, cause where I live at is beautiful and it's, it's spiritual and it's quiet and, and it, get, it allows me to become normal. And, um, and, and I got so many new books at home. I'll probably never read them, but I bought so many books, Grace. They all line up at my door. <laughs> Well, it's okay. At, at, at the end of the day, it's not the books that will make you wise anyway. That's it's right. that. Right. You know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. And sometimes I, I, I have to be careful with books because the same thing as when someone, uh, when someone uh, let's say I invite someone, I, I tend not to listen to what, you know, because I want to know from my deepest of my being what question I want to ask or absolutely. what I want to say. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you again. And to, you. to all of the, you there, please, when you, when you can, do subscribe, like, and share. And I just want to share that I have a little new website just to help me buy, to support, is that for skin and immune health and good products, okay? This was also part of the products that Dr. Butar has endorsed, and I'm sure that's connected to Dr. Um, Ely and Dr. Yeah, yeah, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. So it's that quantum nurse eternal health that, uh, that's what I haven't memorized. But anyway, it's that com. Okay. Can you, can you send that to me? Can you send that to me? Because I'm going to um, look, look at it and share it too, okay? Yeah, there's a, it's, it's, there's a few, and I tried to order it to see if it's working well. So, so far, it's working well, but it has a lot of room for improvement. So, thank you all. And uh, for Kevin, you can reach him also at the uh, Zelenko website. Well, we're changing. I wanted to tell everybody, we're changing. Um, we're not literally, cha we're changing the name of the foundation. 
So, you know, you can get um, just email me um, at kevdjenkins at gmail.com and I will email you the new website. But it's going to be the, it's, it's, it, I'm glad they're revamping it because it's going to it's going to be more expansive, which I think is perfect. OK, perfect. And take care, everyone. Remember, you we need your help. Okay, no one's coming to save you. <laughs> you say no one, no one, no one, truly. <laughs> okay. I don't care, you know, with all the degrees and you know, no one. So you That's right. and your relationship. Well, Take thank care. Thank you for the time. Thank you. And I love both of you and have a great day. Thanks, Gavin. I'm grateful to have met you. Thank you so much. <laughs>